Are you ready? It's that time! Hello and welcome to another episode of Man Buns and Jesus. Uh, we're the Man Buns. That's not Jesus. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Ben Olschlager. Here in Lake Orion, Michigan, with me again today, as always, Pastor Josh Laborious in somewhere in California. Uh, Did you forget, or or are you just being I you know specific? I'm being non-specific because I'm not sure when it'll slide into the sea. So, um, <laughs> operational security, you got to keep yeah. it covered. I can just keep saying uh, California and it'll hopefully remain true. <laughs> don't search him at LCMS locator. Yeah. Josh, Jeez. first of all, who's this foreign voice that's uh, talking to us? And second of all, what are we talking about? So that foreign voice, ladies and gentlemen, is one of my heroes from seminary. No. Oh. The esteemed Reverend Schnaki, who my introduction to to Reverend Schnaki, Pastor Schnaki, uh, came. We were we were at one of the first soccer practices, and he wasn't quite as confused as I was, but he was a little confused and and kept saying, you know, I'm a rugby player, not a soccer player. So I went up to him after after that first practice and I said, Hey, do you lift weights? Because most rugby players lift weights, and he did, and a friendship was born uh in in the in the iron and to this day i have cool kids by echo smith on my workout playlist because ryan schnocky had he came in one day he hooked his phone up to the the old crackly speakers in the seminary weight room and echo smith started playing i was like that's a weird that's a weird workout song but ryan no is a lot stronger than i am so it must do something so it's <laughs> on my workout playlist and that's uh that's the gentleman uh who is with us today ryan what church do you serve again it's somewhere in pennsylvania i know but uh so i'm associate pastor of concordia lutheran church and preschool mccungee pennsylvania so we're right outside of allentown i don't want to have to spell that town name yeah um, so our sister town is berlin in germany both meaning bear swamp <laughs> so the local beer distributor is called bear swamp beer distributor there you go there you go and today we're going to be talking about proclaiming christ crucified um we're, we're continuing our kind of i would say walk but i feel like it's more of a hopscotch through first corinthians yeah. and the verses read this way it says and i when i came to you brothers did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of god with lofty speech or wisdom for i decided to know nothing among you except jesus christ and him crucified and i was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of god and we didn't invite Ryan on because he is weak or because he doesn't have lofty speech or wisdom, uh, because he is a strong, wise individual. But as we were Thank talking you. about, you know, who who like exemplifies this unwavering focus on Jesus, your name came up because in every class we had you with and every experience, you know, I've had with you any serious conversation, the focus always comes back to Jesus and his work so um where did like where does that come from people when they uh get too into the weeds on stuff that doesn't matter (laughs) or is that like just growing up guys does this matter (laughs) i mean so it's what the cool kids do it's what the cool kids do (laughs) yeah talking about jesus as much as possible um gosh i'm convicted though in the same sense as i hope every preacher every minister is i don't think i talk about jesus enough sometimes i think i talk about him too loft too loftily my theology gets in the way of the personal word oof 
you really built up my ego there though i appreciate that <laughs> so where was it born josh i think that was your question yeah well i'm a diaper a diaper cradle to grave lutheran uh, let me start out saint peter emmanuel in milwaukee saint john's in glendale wisconsin where Florsheim shoes used to be headquartered um, Milwaukee Lutheran High School, Concordia University, Wisconsin. Always LCMS, always true to my my roots and my heritage. I had good teachers, good pastors. That'd be the easy answer. Lots of cheese there too. <laughs> that gave me the broad shoulders. <laughs> cheese and beef. <laughs> I mean. But- there's the, the old expression of like, uh, when you really want to get down to the heart of something, you get to the meat of it, the meat and the cheese of it. Uh, yeah, there you go. So he's just living up to all of the reputations of his state. <laughs> I, I, what is going on? <laughs> you guys know how you uh, can tell whether or not cheese curds are fresh, right? Yeah, they squeak. Yeah, they squeak. Huh? I, I'm married to a Wisconsin. Josh, for about a decade, the state of California waged war against the state of Wisconsin. You remember those commercials? They said, happy cows come from California and the sunshine and the rolling hills, but it's been de- debunked. Happy cows like the cold. So <laughs> This is true. We have, we have better cheese is my point. I do know there are, a, there are a lot of advertisements for like real California dairy. Yeah. Uh, the commercials have very little to do with milk, but uh, huh. okay. they're out there. Yeah. Um, when I think of California dairy, I usually think of almond milk because no one in California drinks real milk anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Josh. Yeah, you're sucking up all the water, Josh. <laughs> yeah, water intensive almond plants. You're the reason that the state's on fire. <laughs> I'm I'm not drinking the almond milk, boys. This whole we're we're definitely not getting that lofty speech or wisdom. I know that's something we are not in danger of here today. (laughs) But knowing nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified, huh? So, Josh, when did you hear me talking about Jesus for the first time? Like, okay, I engaged you. I lifted a bunch of heavy weights. I'm this impressive guy who listens to teenage hip-hop or whatever it is and when did we start talking about the lord i i mean it was probably in that first conversation it wouldn't surprise me if you were like the one who prayed that first day but i think what struck what always struck me most was like these conversations that we would have around class right you you know you you leave class you're talking about whatever's there um and you would always kind of bring the conversation back down to earth and like, remember, we're pointing people to the gospel, we're pointing people to Jesus. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's important that we have this stuff straight, but like, that's, that's where we're starting. Um, so almost like a yeah. grounding thing. Yeah, because I think like the average person, <laughs> I'm only 32, it was my birthday yesterday. So not a long, not a long history on the earth. But like, the average person I meet doesn't really need to talk about Peeper's dogmatics. They don't really care. Uh, <laughs> they're hurting so much. And I think in general, just talking about Jesus, and I think like his five or six fold life, right? Birth, ministry, suffering and death, resurrection, ascension, coming again. Like if you stick to that core, generally people can find peace and extract a lot more when you're just with them in the suck and in the dirt, in the trenches, I'm getting that a lot more, especially as pastor. It's glaringly obvious. They don't need, you know, they don't need the deep, rich theology. Sometimes they just need the milk is what I'm saying, not the solid food. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens when you let milk curdle? (laughs) There you go. There's a good connection. (laughs) Do I need to leave so you guys can just talk about cheese? <clears throat> no, I think you we're know, good. We'll, we'll I moved. Yeah. But I was I, buying a gallon of milk for under two bucks uh, in Wisconsin, and now it's over over four fifty here in PA. So it's expensive in Michigan. Like, doesn't matter where you're at. Um, like 
I'm going to echo some of what Josh was saying because um, I think it was not terribly infrequent at the seminary for when you've got a, a place primarily populated with 20-something-year-old dudes that think they know everything because they just got a pre-sum degree where they think they just learned everything um, or they think they know everything because Right? Were you pre-sum? None of the pastors on this call were pre-seminary. Yeah, I, echo, yeah. I, uh, I agree with you. Coming straight out of like Concordia, Wisconsin, they're like, oh, I've taken this class before, that class before. Yeah. And the seminary professors are like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but like, we're a bunch of know-it-alls. We... We get into fights all the time because we think we know it all. <laughs> and and more often than not, like when crap was going down, I just hear this voice out of the blue. Guys, what's the point? Let's just talk about Jesus or something along those lines. More often than not, it was you, Schnocky. And more often than not, it was because we weren't playing soccer. Um, Guys, get honest. out here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think there's also something um to that and like we're gonna get into some of this with a later host and a, a later guest host in another episode but um actually we talked about it last week with father ted like it's so easy so easy for us to get divided so easy for us to start complaining about other stuff that we lose Christ in the weeds. And you tend to do a better job of not doing that than others. Yeah, I appreciate if you that. had a piece of advice for somebody on like preventing them from doing that, what would it be? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So the population, the generation under us, they're going to be inundated with all this postmodern, you guys know it well, all the postmodern um, schools of thought, and they're taught a different path in church. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the scriptures. And they almost embody that number, uh, verse three. They're in weakness and fear and much trembling in order to speak up. Um, so my advice is knowing that public speaking and getting a deep voice doesn't happen overnight. Uh, it's usually born through trial and temptation, right? We always know Luther's tentatio, right? Um and you're going to have a lot of times where you fear and tremble after the fact because you go, crap, I missed my, I missed my moment. I missed the moment to tell that person who's uh, going through all this stuff in life. Their parents are divorced. Their siblings are all against them. And everybody's split in the family. And I don't have any friends to talk to. And you don't talk about Jesus. Boy, you go back into your room or you get on your get on your in your car and you drive home and you're like I missed my my moment and in those moments I felt weakness and fear and much trembling and said I'm not going to do it next time next time no matter how uncomfortable I am I'm going to say something of the gospel and I love I love this little uh pericope God makes it sanctified he makes my speech holy even if I don't say the perfect thing at the perfect time and resonate in somebody's heart he does the work. I don't know if I'm planting the seed or watering or trimming back the weeds, but it, as long as I say something about Jesus dying for them and loving them, boy, that takes time. But get your voice, uh, pray for your voice, uh, suffer through knowing what it doesn't look like, knowing what other people are doing that work and what do, what doesn't work, right? Seeing this through educators, through pastors, um, both good and bad. And again, I think it was the baptism by fire in my life when I'm like, that person really needed Jesus. And that's it. That's it. What does that mean? Well, then you start to get into the contextual, right? Well, I don't know if they're going through a divorce or is there death. Different circumstances require a little nuanced comfort, gospel, right? Be with them. That's it. And what I appreciate about that 
and what I feel like I should I should really point out for our listeners, not, none of that is exclusive to any any particular vocation, right? If, if you say you're, you're you're playing on a soccer team with someone, uh, like I'm thinking of a high school kid playing on a soccer team, and one of your teammates recently lost a parent, and they're talking about that, and there's like a moment of vulnerability, and you don't say anything. Like you might have that experience in the car on the way home of like that person needed Jesus badly, and I, and that's I I that sucks, right? To have that moment of regret, but you can you can let it be kind of the the catalyst. There it is. Speak up many, next time. Whatever you do in life, talking about vocation, you're gonna have many years and many times when that comes up again. So missing an opportunity might actually have a benefit in our proclamation of Jesus. Um, boy, but you said the moment of vulnerability. I'm of the conviction that most Christians are were born in the image of God. All Christians, all people are born in the image of God. But we have this innate sense when somebody is being vulnerable, you can feel that. It's uh, almost palpable. Those are the moments that you're like, all right, this is uh, this is not my time, but your time, Lord. Let my words be yours. Hmm. Thanks, guys. I I've had you know a couple rough weeks about doing this work. The only difference is I'm paid for it now. <laughs> you know, but I've prayed with my rugby teams. I've prayed with the local uh, basketball team at my borough. Um, prayed prayed with the military basketball team. There's always a moment. There's always moments. They're not always perfect. They don't look the same. Um, but getting your voice can be rewarding because then you're glorifying Jesus even more, right? It's not about us, which is the power of God. There he is again, redirecting back to Jesus. Do you have like a post-it note on your computer that says like, remember, go back to Jesus or something? Or like no, but I do have post notes all around. This is on my lamp from my wife. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs. I have more in my desk. Are, yeah, man. Are like little reminders like that. Something like how how. Other than it's just who you are, how do you remind yourself to keep, like, keep Jesus up there? Like, I feel it's like a lot of what yeah. our world is, you see that vulnerable point and you're like, and there's a temptation to leverage it for some other agenda. Like, how yeah. do you say, we're going to leave that stuff behind? The weakness and the fear and the trembling of never being rewarded with things of the earth, like, okay, money or awards or whatever people praise other people with that never brings the ultimate comfort that only can come from the cross. And then in those moments, like, for example, we bought a house and you get all your stuff out unpacked. And by the time you know it, all the counters are filled with stuff. Holy smokes. And I made it a point. So my answer in a roundabout way is intentionality. Uh, I made it a point to just have a Jesus table, a lamp, a Bible, uh, devotions, uh, the Lord's Prayer framed. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it has to be something. It has to be intentional. And I get it because of, I tremble a lot. I fear the Lord. I like, we are not our own. I think it's, it's interesting that you point out that feeling um, right after pointing out that we have this innate sense to kind of feel that in others that that moment mm. of weakness that vulnerability um mm. and one thing that i think is is maybe something we struggle with in the church and i think as pastors we probably struggle with uh more than we want to admit to is this is like preaching christ to ourselves right um as pastors we're oftentimes uh kind of drilled with the mindset of 
serve your congregation, serve your congregation, love your people, love your people, love your people. Um, and we never feel like we can do enough. Hmm. Right. There's always that True. that I could have done this one thing better that might have made that one family that dropped by that one week, you know, oh, boy. Uh, come How back and engage the word and and like um there there might have been that opportunity to to talk to that family in the preschool. There might have been that opportunity yeah. to help that woman on the street and let her know, hey, we've got this available at the church if you need help. Like we always feel like we can do more. Mm -hmm. But how often do we stop and go, you know what? The same words of forgiveness and grace that we give to others on a weekly basis, they're for me too. It's where my wife comes in. <laughs> as much as I don't want to admit it, now that I have tears <laughs> in my eyes, right? But it's, uh, it, yeah. Thanks be to I God mean, for wives. The two shall become one flesh. They experience our pain in, in a very real way and <laughs> put out the fire. She shows, she shows me the mirror, right? As, uh, <laughs> like in the law, but she uses it for the gospel. She says, hey, Ryan, you are good. <laughs> You're forgiven. You're Don't be so harsh on yourself. It's like, but I can do more, right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I could do more. Yeah. I also, I want to circle back a little bit to um, you. <laughs> You talked a little bit about suffering and uh, how it's something that if if people are growing up in the church right now, they're probably doing it just as a, a matter of reality. Um, and that strengthens their, their proclamation. Um, for a lot of at least a lot of my members and probably a number of, of each of your members as well. They grew up in a society where they weren't necessarily asked to suffer very often. Um, and in my head, I'm thinking, I'm talking to two guys who lift a lot more than I do, but the, the phrase, no pain, no gain. I was just going to say no pain, no gain. Right? right. Like if, if we don't, if we don't Your muscles put ourselves in a situation, if we don't put ourselves in a situation to experience pain and suffering, where that's a strong possibility, like are we really doing work that's going to help us or the church grow? Yeah, and maybe it's not always pain, but maybe it's um, delayed gratification to a sense which can be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so the shift is, okay, now our society and everybody operates on credit. Yeah, go back two generations and each of our families, our grandfathers were saving up for the next vehicle. Everyone was eating rice and beans for a couple of weeks or months, right? We don't have that anymore. Yes. Just apply for the credit, get the things, get it instantly. And uh, I think the next generation, my catechism students, catechumens i think they real most of them realize like hey we kind of want to go back to maybe a couple generations ago and start to be like that instead of always being instantly gratified with communication and entertainment maybe we do want to sit down and read because <laughs> it takes it's uncomfortable to sit down and read lots of words and put together coherent thoughts and then the learning takes place it's uncomfortable. I'd rather just flip on TikTok, you know, but I'm starting to see that in our young people, which I'm thankful for, you know, delayed gratification, being a little uncomfortable, maybe knowing the pain will come or might come. Yeah, we're not promised a nice, easy cush life, are we? Yeah. So how does how does that like that experience of suffering and that experience of uh delayed gratification or pain or whatever you want to call it how does that help our ability to preach christ crucified well it puts us into the chains of paul right puts us onto the cross with christ um yeah it allows us the the growth to deny ourselves so that jesus may increase uh saint john the baptizer right um I, there might also be something to uh 
I think it lends some authenticity to our proclamation. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Because if if you're proclaiming Christ crucified and you know and your message is Jesus, but someone sees you and they're like, Well, it's easy for you I know to say that or to mm-hmm. to say like that we don't worry about the here and now as much because we look forward to eternity. Like it's easy to say that when you're comfortable. But if people still say see you saying that when you're going through the trenches, that says right. something because it's like, no, I'm not worried about this situation that I'm in because <laughs> I have my eye on Christ and on eternity and on the kingdom of heaven. Like it, it communicates an authenticity that might still be there if you're comfortable mm-hmm. don't get me wrong but it it's just it's a lot easier to say that yeah when you're not going through something so i don't know if you introduced it but i um am a chaplain in the army reserves and i think going through those trials as units as big groups of men and women uh that is all the more true right you're away from home you're living in a you know, some little barracks, you don't have any personal space, you don't have much good food, the coffee is weak, <laughs> like <laughs> all the things, all the things that I like about being a, a, a suburbanite are instantly removed and now I'm, everybody's leveled, everybody's the same from colonel down to private, you're all in the field together suffering and those are the moments when you can say, well, I'm still going to do chapel, devotion, prayer before meals, you know, surround myself with people of like mind, invite outsiders in and people are sucking it up together and finding little moments of Jesus <laughs> right there in the, wherever you may be. How frequently do you have to resist the urge to use a boot camp or training illustration in your sermon? Oh, being, yeah, all the time. I have to, <laughs> I have, well, like, so I'm on battalion staff and I'm always engaged in like army regulations and training manuals and email. I'm just always inundated with army speak and bringing that in here. I do it about probably be honest about 33% of the time, a third of all my sermons include something of military origin. But again, that's okay because Jesus is the Lord of hosts, which is angel legions of angels. However, I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not everyone speaks army or you know military. <laughs> but when but when you get the retired guys sitting in the back and they're like saluting you, like yeah, you're the serving <laughs> like oh my gosh. <laughs> That's why he's happy with that thirty three percent number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta balance it, you guys. <laughs> I, I I have a member. Uh, who I reference his cigar deck on a not infrequent basis. I don't know if he listens to these podcasts, but if he does, uh, part of that, I, I do it because I get a reaction out of out of him. Yeah. Like there are a couple references I make because I know I'm going to get a, I, no one salutes me because yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not making those kind of references, but uh, I do something to see what kind of reactions I can, I can get. It's all your context, right? Like, that's one of your members. You've I'm, I'm here in the city of Detroit, though, or metropolitan Detroit. I'm like three miles from a massive GM plant. I know not nearly enough about cars to oh, make see? like good references there. So now you guys are just making me look bad. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the well, but in time, I mean, it's okay. Jesus has got you. Buy some rhino ramps, learn Thanks, how to change Josh. all your fluids. Jesus does have yeah. Just get into it. Be in the trenches with those GM employees. Something do you that... have members? Do you have members, Ben, that work at the plants? Um, not active, I don't think. Like, I don't uh think I have any members who are currently actively working for GM. Okay. Um, most of them are retired. Um yeah. some of them very freshly so. But, um, yeah, even the people that aren't directly, actually, take that back. I have a couple of people who are in automotive, just not, like, directly working for GM. Like, yeah. Anyway. I get it. Yeah. 
first time everyone's an engineer around me so i'm learning anything i can about that field <laughs> i know way more about uh painting cars than i did when i got here so make sure they have a negative charge on the chassis is that right I mean, I think that's part of it because you don't want things <laughs> to blow up. That's usually a good sign. Oh, I thought hey, hey, like hey, don't speak too hastily now, Ben. <laughs> in, in automotive production, you don't want things to blow up. If you're Schnocky in his military days, uh, when he was boots on the ground, he's still in ah. his military days. But when he hold was on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you telling me that you never. Your backyard isn't a place where you're like, I occasionally want an explosion to happen. A I controlled mean, explosion, granted. I could but... probably, you know, probably shoot some firearms in my backyard, but it'd get hairy real quick. So I used to be able to do all of it, but now as a chaplain, I'm actually not allowed to touch ammunition or weaponry, move them. Uh, there's some verbiage called or that says we're not supposed to lust over munitions it's pretty wild i remember throwing grenades and shooting big guns ah i miss it but <laughs> i have a far i have a far more important job now with the sword of the spirit <laughs> that's how i have to tell myself it's you know <laughs> hmm. uh, ryan if price. this podcast ever goes big and we get sponsored and we have money to blow well we're gonna commission you a soul oh. <clears throat> we can do it all that's a big if, uh, but uh, That's a we'll commission you a sword of the spirit so that you have a literal oh, sword wow. to swing okay. around. How many, uh, how many listeners are we talking about? 10,000 or so? I have no idea. How many does Joe Rogan have? Yeah, ooh, there's a... Always shooting for the highest goal. I yeah, I, he and he, at this point in podcasting, he might be the highest goal. Oh, um, yeah. So one one thing I kind of want to circle back to because when we were talking about suffering and always bringing bringing the gospel into the suffering, and and like I think Ryan, you brought up a little bit of you know sometimes ministry can be rough and you feel like I'm not doing enough I, or um, I, I'm not doing good enough on something. But then also we've brought up things like you lose a parent or you're going through a divorce or something like. I think something that's important when we're talking about proclaiming Christ crucified is bringing Christ specific to that situation, mm -hmm. right? Because like if I'm feeling like I'm not doing enough in my job, like I'm not doing enough in ministry, and someone comes up to me and says, well, Jesus loves you and forgives you, it's like I'm aware of that. Thank, Thank you for the reminder, but... but what does that what does that say to my feelings of inadequacy right mm -hmm. it's saying something more along the lines of like god is working through you jesus is working here and that kind of reassurance that's specific to the context that's a whole different thing and i think when paul's talking about proclaiming christ crucified it's something like that in mind mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a personal christ um and i think that's uh, important to keep in mind that's very good. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's what you said. You can preach Christ into somebody's life and they go, that was not helpful. <laughs> and then I kick myself for a different reason. Right. Yeah. But he makes our, our works and our words holy. So I just kind of chalk it up to that at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh. There's a guy that was, uh, I think detained and removed would be the correct uh, verbiage here from Mall of America the other day uh, while walking around wearing like, I think it was neon green with like giant orange letters on it and it just says Jesus loves you on his shirt. And uh, yeah, that, that works, the internet, right? The internet blew up. <clears throat> like, of course, he got arrested for wearing a shirt that says Jesus loves you. And if you read into the story, the guy was being like, kind of a jerk hashtag episode one um that was our very first episode it was literally called don't be a jerk um but he was like being very aggressive with his proclamation and you're exactly right like screaming jesus loves you at people doesn't necessarily 
get you anywhere. And it, in fact, will often get you in the exact opposite direction of where you want to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think. When I played football in high school, one of the themes was when you wear this uniform, you're wearing it off the field, too. You're not just wearing it on Friday nights, right? You're representing Milwaukee Lutheran High School, your family, da, 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 da. We're always representing Christ. Um, yeah, and, it, and we have to decide intentionally how we know is best to touch people's hearts. Um, so to apply it to pastors, church workers, and the like, I've been dealing with a lot of fallout from people who have grown up in the church, been uh, part of some church, and it doesn't really matter. They could have been Catholic, Presbyterian, ELCA, Lutheran, the list goes on. And uh, they always seem to be hurt, either by somebody in the congregation or the pastor. Um, and that's, that's, I think, where as LCMS guys, we can come in and say, hey, come come visit my church once and see how we, how we live out this Christian faith. And to be honest with you guys, we've had about seven congregate, uh, seven family members who are coming from the ELCA, a few Presbyterians, a few Catholics, uh, not because we're better, but because I believe that we're doing this. I think that our congregation and our preaching is putting the focus on Christ and nothing else. Um, yeah, which a lot of people got tired. That's that's kind of uniquely, uh, maybe not, but but as far as like mainline American denominations go, something that's very uniquely LCMS is like we are broken. Like you're joining a congregation of broken people that live in forgiveness. Yeah, and that's where our priority. Like I. My dad has a youth who went off to college and joined a like joined kind of just a general organization that like a just a Christian college group, whatever. And one of her complaints coming home was like, I always feel bad leaving church. Hmm. And it's like when you leave a Lutheran service, uh, an LCMS Lutheran service, there might be plenty to complain about. Yeah. <laughs> but someone told you that Jesus loves and forgives you. Like you are reminded of your your position before God and that no matter how broken life is, you still have that assurance. Which applies to all circumstances. And that's right. The prayer that our preaching is made sanctified, made holy, that it applies to everybody out there. That's right. There's a famous retired pastor. He had like 20-some vicars. His name is George Polvin. Uh, he's outside of, uh, I think, north of D.C. And sometimes we do Zoom calls on Wednesdays with our circuit. And the one thing I always remember, he said at uh, the three circuit meetings ago, he just said, men, after all my years of preaching and teaching, I just have one regret. I wish I would have preached more comfort in Christ. I've never, I've never let that go. I won't. Because it's true, Josh. They, <clears throat> we can't work, walk out of church convicted. We've just been forgiven and received the Lord's Supper. And we got a whole week ahead of us. If I leave sorry now, my Monday and Tuesday aren't going to be very good. And, you know. Yeah, it's just going to get worse. I mean, yeah. if you're Josh and you're an <clears throat> Indianapolis Colts fan, it's not even going to last to the end of your Sunday. Uh, what are you talking about? I don't have to worry about that until next season. <laughs> just like the Vikings. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. just come don't in worry. with an expectation that they're going to let me down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers and all of his per... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go Paco. I'm, black I'm blacked out of all these games, so I have to watch recaps and follow That was on my the most phone. resigned... Go Pat Go, I think I've ever heard. Yeah, speaking <laughs> speaking of uh, somebody who truly understands human brokenness. <laughs> so tell me before, I don't know what our timeline looks like. What are two, one from each of you, what is uh, an example that 1 Corinthians 2 has lived out in your ministry or personal life in the past year of min like ministry life? 
That's we're supposed to put you on the spot here. Okay. This okay. is this is not this is backwards. Um, I I think where it is where I've seen it kind of grow most in my ministry. Um, I'm I'm studying for my my doctorate of edu or my doctorate of education, and the concentration is in spiritual formation. And so I've been reading a lot of that kind of material of what is discipleship and what and how did Jesus do it and how did the Israelites do it and how did the apostles do it. Um, and something that I've been coming to more and more of like a genuine realization of is how relational ministry has to be. Like we're all, there seems to have, there's this focus in a lot of what church has become on we're going to have a system and we're going to have an organization and we're going to give everything a name and we're going to like we're going to stratify things and and i've been kind of coming to this realization of like it let's let's loosen our grip a little bit and focus on these relationships where christ can be expressed mm -hmm. And yeah, it means you're not going to be able to point to these are the programs we do and these are the numbers we have necessarily, but in Metrics. those relationships, yeah. Christ is going to be heard again and again and again in a very contextual way. You're, you're not going to be here is, you know, here's a generic Jesus for all of you. It's mm -hmm. here's a, here's Jesus as he is working in your life. Um, you could even say here is your Jesus. I feel like I'm not supposed to say that. Like I, I feel like I read something at some point that like. Oh that's, yeah. Okay. Do we have some? That's a problematic phrasing. I don't remember. The, the only the reason I would say that. According to Depeche Mode, your own personal Jesus. Yeah, I agree. I understand. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more of Jesus on the cross saying, uh, uh, "Here is your mother. Here is your son," and then we look up and say, "God says, here is your Lord." Here's your Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I understand, though. Yeah. We're not to take Jesus and... Uh, We're not to remake him in our own image, I guess. Is that's the, right. He is our Jesus because he has a personal desire to be in relationship with us. He is not our Jesus in that mm -hmm. we have made him what we want him to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess. Reading in, uh, taking out of the Bible, reading what it has for us, exegesis, reading into it, eisegesis. We're not to. Uh, don't do that. You don't it's do bad. that. <laughs> yeah. It's bad. I so. I think kind of circling off of Josh's point, but something that I've found to be helpful. Um, when new people want to join the church, or when I got here and I was getting to know members of the congregation. Um, I did my best to sit down and have, you know, coffee or a beer or a conversation of some kind with just about everybody here um, as, as small a group as I could, um, because I want to know people well enough that I can speak to the reality of their lives. Mm -hmm. And like a, a tip that I got from my vicarage supervisor um, I pick a handful of people in the congregation every week, kind of at random, and I preach to them, like as I'm huh. writing the sermon. Yeah. Um, and I can only do that because I've like actually talked to these people and, and get to know them yep. a little bit. But I keep getting these like comments of I I needed that or like that hit home today. And usually it's not the people that I picked. <laughs> usually it's somebody that's like completely not the target audience. Yeah. Um, but for some Were you reason, speaking to me? Was... Well, I was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So to anyone in that congregation that's listening to this and is wondering when I preach to you, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> the healthy answer. Practice. Um, and, and it often has to do with whatever text we're in, but um, I, I try and, and make sure that Christ is there for you in the text. Um, and 
I want to bring it to you as as best as I possibly can. Um, so that's what I think about when when you ask that question. Good, thanks, man. How about how about you, Ryan? Let's turn your uh, question around on you. All right, so it's got to be here again. So pastoral ministry in the church. Uh, we're all all three of us are formed very well by the seminary and uh, all of our Lutheran education. I'm ready for this place. I am to preach and teach. Uh, the military is more like I've been indoctrinated and I've come to love it, although it's like uh, a bad relationship at sometimes, especially in the reserves. It's like you want to go back and then you don't anyway. So I think I'm going to do a metaphor because it's affected many people. It's like almost a reach. It's and it has second and third order, order effects that onesie twosies, one person or two people will come talk to me uh, based on something we did as a group. So it's like this idea of the cross being a little campfire, but in <laughs> like this entire organization, there might even be sticks in a pile, but there's no fire burning. There's no Jesus. There's no warmth. There's just um, a bunch of individuals doing individual jobs for the organization and being American soldiers and having pride in that. But when you light the fire and get it nice and warm and you start to have devotions, uh, church services, whatever you can do, people start to gather around the fire. But then what I've noticed is I have people maybe 10 feet back from the fire listening in, getting a little bit of the light and the warmth. Um, unfortunately, there's some that stand really far off and they think, if I walked into a church, I'd light on fire, so it's not the place for me, or I'm going to hell anyways, so you don't need to speak to me. I have to work on those people a little differently. But for the people who are a little bit farther out, I've noticed, um, we started to talk about marriage to becoming one flesh in Christ. Baptisms. Oh, Lord, there's a talk about a ministry. Baptizing babies of soldiers in front of uh 150 people god only knows how many of them actually are christians this is the stuff that is so it's not satisfying to my own end but it's so satisfying to see that god's word does not return empty he's actually doing things and it's not i'm only just standing there speaking i'm not actually doing anything it's all him and that'll bring me tears that'll bring me to my knees and weakness and trembling and i can only say thank you lord for bringing true warmth into the ranks to a godless generation, um, usually who question their leadership, question the state of the country, the state of their state, not always buying in. Um, that's problematic for vocation. That's problematic for when they go home to their families. And yeah, so I'm just trying to build fires wherever I go and make sure that somebody's adding wood or watching them. And if it's me, good. And um, but there's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people. So Ryan yeah. Schnocky starting fires wherever he goes. Yeah. With the, like, with the cross. Two ways. <laughs> yeah, not burning the cross, but uh uh the cross is there. Yeah. Yeah. Um so nice our place. turn to put you on the spot. And we're gonna make him go first because he did did this to us. Uh, we cool we try to end each podcast with just one takeaway, <laughs> like one sentence. If, if you, as a listener, pulls one thing from this, what would you want it to be? So, uh, what do you got, Ryan? What's your takeaway? Be an uncomfortable Christian. Be an uncomfortable right. Christian. Ben, make sure that you preach Christ in a way that it actually relates to the person you're preaching it to, um, because. Just yelling it generically at people doesn't help. You. Jesus loves you. Well, That's right. My takeaway is going to be this. Jesus does love you. And he died for you. And what's more, he rose for you. And that's going to be the takeaway. If, if you know Amen. someone who needs that reminder and they could benefit from this podcast, we do encourage you to share it with them. Go ahead and, and send them a link. Uh, however you listen to it and uh, pray for them. Pray for those people in your life who, who need that fire lit, who need to be drawn closer and to hear that gospel. Um, pray for those people who are going through, going through tough, 
situations, going through difficult relationships, whatever the case may be, um, be in prayer for them. And with those prayer requests out of the way, it is time for our shameless plugs. Ryan, <laughs> uh, do you have anything you want to plug? As in like something I'm selling on Etsy or? <laughs> do you have an Etsy shop, Ryan? I don't. Do you yeah. sell doilies? No. Oh, my plug would be if you're seeking service in the United States military, feel free to contact me through Josh or Facebook or LCMS locator. I'm a recruiter. I think it's a great way to serve Jesus and our neighbors. That's a pretty go. good plug. That's actually uh that's more more of a plug than most of our guests have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think one of our guests at one point plugged their own podcast, but I think that's that's <laughs> about it. Um is that Brendan Here's Harrell? a hyperlink. I think it was yeah, Brendan. Right. Yeah. Uh, that seems accurate. So, <laughs> If you need a church in I whatever weird spelling Bear Swan Bear McCungie. Swan in, <laughs> in McCungie, Pennsylvania. Uh check check Ryan and and his church out. They'll take care of you. They'll point you to Jesus. Uh if you need a church sure. in Lake Orion, Michigan, check out Good Shepherd. Ben'll help you out. And if you need a church in Southern California, uh, check out Edgewater Eastvale. We we'd love to see you. We'd love to we'd love to point you to Jesus. And I say Southern California because we have people who drive for like an hour to come to worship with us. So wherever you come from, if you're willing to pay the gas, we're happy to see you. Um, especially in SoCal. Especially yeah. in SoCal. Uh, but our shameless plugs are subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcasting platform that you listen on. Uh, heck, if you want to subscribe on all of them. Go for it. That would that validates our existence. And uh, we do have a Facebook page that you feel free to like. Um, it's mostly just there. So if you don't have a personal connection to us, but you want to ask a question about the show or you want to submit a topic or you want to come on as a guest, you have that way and you can reach out to us through that Facebook page and we will we will see it at some point. It gets checked somewhat regularly. You just earned another subscriber. Oh, look at that. Cha-ching! So with that, we we thank you guys for listening, for putting up with us for another week. And next week, we'll be coming at you talking about the ministry of the apostles with a guest to be named. Because our first first suggestion said no, and we got a punt on that one. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, don't say his name if he said no. Uh, We might next week. We'll see. Uh, With that, brothers and sisters, go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.